DJ and PK brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. All right, PK, we're getting a lot more specific stories from uh, Ute fans about losing the college football season. All the tradition of going to games, tailgating, hanging out with friends and family, making a day of it. Uh, Kyle says, it's not the cancellation that hurts as much as the fact they think we all know the reasons are a lie. It's not about the players. If that was the truth, they'd never play again due to CT, broken bones, torn ligaments, etc. Okay, so what's the truth then? Uh, he doesn't say. I assume that he means it's uh, about the liability and the fear of lawsuits. It's not really about the players, but I don't know that. That's what I'm deducing. I saw that Joel Klatt had a thing out there made sense to me. He said that uh, for these two conferences, you know, about the health issues and all that, and that big fancy word that relates to some heart issues, that he wants a full and transparent disclosure from medical people as to why. These are the specific reasons. If we do this, there is a high probability of this happening and really lay it out there. And that makes sense. That's great. I would, I would like that. It's one of the reasons I was hoping the last time we had Dr. Petron on, I thought he answered a lot of the questions we had at that point. I was looking forward to it again, and we had him booked. But uh, he did another radio show on Monday, and I thought he was really specific in that. And on Tuesday, he told Jake he couldn't come on on Wednesday. Well, Mark Harlan's going to have availability at 1 o'clock today. I think maybe he'll be able to come on after that. Just can't upstage Mark. That seems the best case scenario. Uh, sure, yeah, but Mark maybe have some information on that, too, because yeah. Mark wants to be as transparent. And at least in my uh, relationship with him, I found him to be open and willing to discuss whatever it is that he can discuss. So maybe there's some some answers there or some better ideas and just say, well, we're concerned about your safety because it does reek of some form of hypocrisy. Well, wait a second here. What about all this other stuff? The second you put on gear and walk out to practice, you are risking major life-altering injury. Those are facts in this sport. Now, you can say if you get out of bed, you're risking, and we understand that. But in this sport in particular, this has a higher level of potential problem well we've I mean, seen spinal, just doing the odds we've seen spinal cord injuries of varying degrees you know over of our course. lifetime of being football fans we, we've seen they're, people you know, paralyzed awful. we take our breath away when we see that uh man i i can recall being up in seattle byu was playing there the one where i think jan jorgensen blocked the extra point and there was a play along uh byu sideline and i think byu was on offense and uh i just remember uh I want to say Fui Vakapuna. I'm not sure. I don't remember, but it was, it was he. He made a hit. He was and he was a bruising running back, and he hit somebody, and the DB went down, and immediately the the BYU runner, and I know he's a Polynesian. I can't remember who. He just stood up and started frantically waving for the training people to get over there, because he knew right at that moment that this is potentially bad, and we all gasp when we see the ambulance come out on the field. I mean, it's terrifying. We've all been there. We've either on television or literally in person. Every single one of us has, can experience that moment. And that 
this is football. So now we're worried about life-altering injuries? Wait a second here. I have a problem with that. The, I, I think the difference is that they are they think they're opening themselves up to potential lawsuits here. I understand With that. the background that you put on that, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back to go to a cliche, you know, they've got they've, the NCA and college sports have taken all these PR hits um, over time. Most notably and most recently, the money getting so big. It just looks so bad that coaches, uh, coordinators, uh, ADs are making so much money and the, the salaries, you know, the compensation is capped for the athletes. Scholarship plus a few grand in spending money. And then you put them at risk in the middle of a pandemic. You know, in the case of the Big Ten, you know, you know what? You know the lawyers would be lining up like, well, you know Michigan State and Rutgers quarantined, right? And you know you had an offensive lineman at one of the schools in your conference had heart problems, and his mom's putting it out there for the world to see. And you still went ahead, and then this happened, you got to pay. They know they'd have to pay, and they are just not going to take that risk on. And so, yeah, it's about the health, but it's also about... Uh, it's about the liability. And it just, even though, yes, those injuries have happened, and yes, CTE is a big concern, you know, CTE plays out over 20, 30, 40 years, not in the moment the way this other stuff does. And uh, should that maybe. not matter? Yeah, maybe, right? Maybe. Uh, and should that, should that matter? It doesn't. Not in the same way okay, that people so fear this would matter if it comes to that. Then what about the ACC and the other ones in the SEC and Big 12? Yeah, they got different yeah, medical people they, telling they them different stuff. They don't get stuff. it over there? They're, they got different medical people telling them different stuff. But I think in the back of all of our minds, we still wonder if they aren't going to end up joining them. Not on sure. the same day, maybe not on the same week, but it's like you said, you know, you'd like them to wait. Well, maybe that's what those three are doing. They're waiting, but they're ultimately going to end up in the same place. And they're not really taking on that much more risk because okay, they're still then, not practicing. Then why not the NFL? Because they gave all those guys a chance to opt out. They don't have the same PR problems. Um, they're paying players, and they're paying players who don't play um, uh, a pretty good chunk of money. So uh, what they freaking do a pretty good chunk of money when you die? Who I know. cares? But the, they had the option. Well, the colleges could have the option too. So it, it, it comes down to money. It's not about health. It's about money. Yeah. Well, then we, tell we, me, it's about money. What, li- Don't lie saying to me. Liability, saying liability is just mixing money and health. But it's well, still I, I didn't hear that. I heard from Ray Anderson and those guys yesterday. Well, we're so concerned about the well-being of our student-athletes. Uh, first and foremost, their health comes like they're their freaking children. And that's part of the PR hit that they always take and why they get hammered in court. Whereas with the NFL, we dang well know it's about the money. They say it's about the money. It's all about the money. And so they don't have all this So it's not about saving up. lives. Well, that and money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, saving, uh, making money, saving money, and then a Grand Canyon-sized gap between that and the secondary issue. But over here, we're not as worried. Well, you're getting paid, so if you die, well, yeah, at least you got the, the NFL money. has never set it up as uh, we're, we're educating these young men and preparing them for life. No, we're winning games and we're making money. For 100 years. Whereas the colleges have been saying, we're really protecting these guys. Yeah, and so and that I, hypocrisy leads to 
you know, kind of painting yourself into a corner. And I didn't come to Ohio State to play school. <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> that was an outstanding line. <laughs> Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. I didn't come here to play school. <laughs> and it's amazing. You know, it's just amazing that all these football players, they got great football talent and so many high percentage of them. They all have the same academic interest to major in sociology. You know, and, and see, that's part of the hypocrisy here with football, too, is that the NFL has got its minor league paid for by somebody else, and they don't have to deal with it. Whereas baseball does sink money into their minor league and their player development to the point that, you know, they, they don't want to sink as much. And it looks like these rookie leagues, these half-season leagues like the Pioneer League with our teams, you know, in Ogden and, and Orem are just going away because they don't want to pay for them anymore. And basketball seems to kind of be taking it on like, you know, we can do this better. It's not that expensive. It's, it's worth it to have a G League team. But you get back to college football and pro football, it really is. Semi-professional. It's a joke. Uh, speaking of uh, jokes, a lot of people are hitting us up with jokes about how they feel with the Utes uh, not playing. Good. I need jokes right now. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got um, G-Man tweets at us. You know that feeling when you're mowing your lawn on a September morning, the air is kind of crisp, football game that night, you're feeling giddy. Well, it feels like I just took a punch directly to the round tables because I'm going to miss that feeling. Oh, yeah, I can relate to that 100%. Yeah. Uh, Yes, absolutely, man. The weather gets a little cooler, especially up here, man. September is the finest freaking month we got, I believe. Because it is a little cooler, the colors on the mountains—it's it, just a—it's a natural wonder, really, is what it is when you think about it. It's God's gift to us. Here, I'm about to send you through some crap in the coming months, but what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you the gift now. Yeah, and absolutely, and in, it really into October too, for that matter. And, and occasionally you, you can get a decent November day, but, you know, you're probably not mowing your lawn as much then. But, yeah, I can relate to that big time. How many got people do that? You set your schedule on a Saturday all around kickoff. Me. <laughs> I, I literally decide what time I'm going into work based on a kickoff. 8.30 doesn't impact anything. But uh, they get a 1.30 game in Washington. I'm going in early today. Why are you going in early? Because the Utes are playing Washington at 1.30. Oh, well, yeah. That's when Utah yeah. or BYU played SC this past season. Yeah, that's another another 1.30 game. And it was a thrilling day. We were Me and Yawk were down there. And I was screaming over the loud system with the speakers when they were sing, playing We Are the Champions. Are you kidding me? I was just singing You had hijacked the PA mic and just had some fun. I mean, well, I, I was in the middle of the mosh with all the folks who had stormed the field, and we were jumping up and down. I was trying to get a piece of Kalani, get a hug from him, you know what I mean? Little did I know that would be one of the last times I could hug him. That's a good point. <laughs> I miss Kalani bro hug. I need a bro hug from Kalani bad. Yud fan, how do you feel right now? Specifically, Travis tweets back at us, you know that feeling right after your older brother kicks you in the nuts? Yeah, like that. How can you say that on the air? I don't God, know, I just blurted it out. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Yuck, if you're that offended, hit the dumb button. Yuck. Now, I hope both now. Of you, you 
used to used are to. Uh, held accountable for that. <laughs> okay. We can't have that. Well, you know, maybe today we can. <laughs> maybe today we can. <laughs> what the freak? I did dump it, so we'll see. You know Not who might time. be listening, buddy boy? Jeez. <laughs> oh, Yach thinks he dumped it now. Twitter will let us know whether he did or didn't. I think he, I think he missed it, but Yach thinks he got it. So. What were you thinking? You're like J.R. Smith just... thinking they're uh, up when they're really down as the seconds are ticking away. <laughs> I thought I was more like a golfer on the back of a green who was amazed at someone. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you don't go blurting that out. And sometimes I do, apparently. Well, I mean, yeah, you do it constantly. <laughs> we understand that. Well, they got the, the real me, off. and that's what you've wanted all these years. So there it is. Congratulations. Good night, America. Man, I mean, you're just embarrassed. Could you? <laughs> all I got to say is I'm thankful that your mother's not here to hear that. <sighs> she heard worse once. I apologized. Got over it. <laughs> and it was so stupid. It was, I think it was over a game of Monopoly, honestly. Oh, you lost your cool? <laughs> I know, right? And Yach's like, what? I'm like, I agree, Yach. I mean, I was going to plead guilty to that. Yeah, I was playing my brother, and, and he rolled something. I don't know what he did or what. I went, oh, bleep. <laughs> it just came out. I don't know. And then the house is really quiet, and mom's in another room. Oh, yeah, she was like, sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> Were you 25? No, I was, I was home from college, if I remember right. I was probably, I was probably 19. <laughs> Because I didn't come home that much later in college. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Not with the, the line of women that you had. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was probably 18 or 19, tops. There's no reason why you came home with was the home line too, of women he you had. Yeah, he would have been away at college. So, yeah, probably 18 or 19. Wow. Yep. You got obscene. Uh, the foundation that was shook in that family. True story. True story. <laughs> right to the core. Now, how many times did you hear your mother say the big one? My mom? Oh, yeah. zero. 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 Same mom did not do that. Same with Mama Hatch. No, mom did not do that. No. <laughs> nope. Dad, different story. But mom, zero. So if you want to know the differences between your upbringing, there it is, and mine. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Mama's. Mom had a couple of low-grade words she used if she was really upset. And now I don't want to say them on the air after, you know, Yach had to dump me there. <laughs> I can feel Scotty G going, don't do it. I'm, I got enough problems this that week. That was breakfast, man, in my household. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> oh, I'm like Ralphie. Now, I had heard that word. Oh, fudge. And his mother, where'd you hear that word? I had word, heard that word growing up. I mean, yeah, of course, man. That, that was a staple. How the bleep are you? Bleeping fine. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. That's no, how the Snigglewurfs did not roll like that. Dad, when he got really mad, could let her rip. But he had to be really worked up. Really worked up. That was yeah. Tuesday. Nope. No. <laughs> we were constantly really worked up. That's when I know my one sister has been uh, imbibing a little bit. I talked to her in like the first five minutes. 
Bleep, bleep, bleep. F-bombs. Oh, yeah, 32 <laughs> F-bombs. And we haven't even gotten to Trump yet. Somebody opened up a <laughs> bottle of red wine. And we haven't even introduced tr- Trump. <laughs> Once we introduce him, then, then, oh, then it's you can on. be stone cold. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's a slew of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, brother. Dave says, uh, the youth season is done, and it feels like someone took my heart and dropped it into a bucket of boiling tears. At the same time, somebody else is hitting my soul in the crotch with a frozen sledgehammer. And then a third guy walks in and starts punching me in the grief bone, and I'm crying. Yeah, I agree, man. I think it's sad. A frozen sledgehammer? I've never heard that experience, or heard that uh, expression. Uh, I know what you meant, yeah. Uh Absolutely. See, the thing about the NBA is that I always felt it was going to come back in one form or another, and it has. But the colleges, and in the NBA, too, you, you know, you, you, you're going to be on a team next year. If you're good, Donovan Mitchell's going to be on the team next year. So let's just say worst case, but, and they didn't play. Well, I can see Donovan quarter, play next year. Yeah, a quarter of the guys are done, right? Every yeah. year. Every year. Right, and it's and this kid, Bentley, comes all the way from the East Coast to come yeah, out how does that? how does that work? Does he, do they give a bonus year of eligibility and he gets his master's? I mean, what, what have you? You start working on a doctorate? I mean, what do you do? Well, some, and some of these kids, uh, particularly return missionaries, they want to get on with their lives, too. Yeah. And, you know, if you redshirt, shirt mission, you know, 25, 26, 27, well, I mean, de- come on. Depending on what scholarship limitations are, the coaches are going to, they're not going to be able to accommodate everyone. They're going to have to push some guys out the door because they've they promised another recruiting class coming in deal. Yeah, so. there, there are reports out there and say that NCAA is going to have their D1 council meet today about this exact Yeah, issue. but I don't know how you're going to be able to do that. And Because I, and I talked to high school coaches in baseball last year, and they felt that their guys were getting squeezed out because they had already at that point – the NCAA said you could come back the following year and retain it if you wanted to. And I spoke to, as I say, high school baseball coaches, and they felt some of their kids were getting squeezed out there because, and that's a, that's a sport where you don't offer full scholarships anyway because you don't have mm-hmm. that many. You have like 11.7 and point seven or something. Somebody's losing some playing time in roster yeah. spots over it. They, right. they can't, you know, it's still baseball still, there's nine guys. Football, there's 11. So you can give people an extra year of eligibility, but only so many people can play. And whether it's a senior because they're not quite good enough because they want to take care of a freshman because they can contribute for multiple years. Right. Or whether right. it's the freshman because <laughs> the senior can deliver now and I got to win now. You know? Yes, yeah. Either way, someone has to get squeezed out. There's no extra bats. There's no extra snaps in games. And in the pros, we understand, well, from each year, you, so the fringe guys are going to have to make the team every year. That really doesn't change much. And plus, they already had most of the season to begin with, so they made most of their money. And But at the colleges, it's an entirely different story. It's uh, kids getting squeezed out in one way or another. I actually, in that Brandon said, oh, the Devils were going to whip the Utes. And I... I I'm not really into that because I don't know how much the results of the games this year versus results of the games next year, how different they would have been. Now, we'll never know, uh, but that, I, that doesn't really – I'm not into that, that, oh, we had a really good team this year and now we're going to miss out on that. I mean, for some teams, and we've spoken about that for Weber, I understand that, but to me, at the college level, that's a little bit beside the point. 
DJ and PK, we got to take a break. When we come back, everything we've been talking about in this show. Yak is still trying to get a hold of Yogi Roth. Don't know what happened there. Going to vo- voicemail on the call, so uh, we can try and double back to that, see if we track down Yogi. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Damian Lillard scores 61 points, and the Blazers beat the Mavericks 134-131. to Portland moves into the eighth spot in the West as they pass Memphis. The Grizzlies lose to the Celtics 122-107. Lillard now three 60-point games this season. Only Will Chamberlain has done that. Spurs keep their playoff hopes alive. They beat the Houston Rockets 123-105. to San Antonio in a battle with... Uh, the Grizzlies and the Suns trying to get to that nine spot to play eight-seeded Portland in the play-in series. Utah Jazz are off today. They play the Spurs tomorrow at 4.30, their final regular season game. That's your back-to-basketball update presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. been a long four months. Welcome. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The pitch to Shaw, swinging a line drive, base hit, ball game over. RBI game winning base hit by Travis Shaw, driving in Anthony Alford for a 5-4 walk-off win in downtown Buffalo. What? Totally disorienting. Major League Baseball in downtown Buffalo. What? That doesn't make any sense, PK, but Toronto can't play in Canada because Canada doesn't want teams coming in and out, so they've moved their home games to Buffalo, and you watched the game and didn't know where the heck they were playing. I just saw some a uh, uh, little bit of it, yeah, and I was disoriented. Where are they? For, I, I, I'm thinking, well... Is this Pittsburgh? Is it Toronto playing in Pittsburgh? Uh, but no, that that didn't happen either. So yeah, because usually when you turn on a game, you know you know the stadiums. In NFL too, or even uh, even basketball, you got to feel for you know what the surroundings look like. And that, and right now too with the NBA and the bubble situation, all right, I already know. I know what it's going to look like, right? I've watched every game. And I've watched more than just the Jazz. I've watched plenty of games. So I know now what the surroundings seem like. They're, they're already familiar to me. Because we've been doing it for a few weeks. Aren't we all getting used to that aerial shot over the campus with, with all, the, all the, the diamonds, the soccer fields, the... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting used to that. Uh, I'm getting used to that aerial shot, seeing it over and over. Whether it's, uh, I mean, it's all ESPN. So they got one blimp down there, and they do it for the soccer games, and they do it for the basketball games, and it's just kind of a constant. We kind of, we kind of get into it. That is a, uh, that is a mind blower for, uh, for Lillard. I know Wilt did it, and Wilt averaged 
you know, 50 points in a season. So, of course, he had a bunch of 60-point games. Um, and it's awesome that Wilt did it, but Wilt's bigger than everybody, and Damian Lillard's smaller than everybody. And the fact that he just, you know, missed the free throws against the Clippers, you know, took the, uh, took the abuse, you know, Patrick Beverly doing the wave and Paul George and all that kind of stuff, and he comes back with 51 and 61-point games. I mean, I don't know that he's ever going to win an NBA title, but that is awesome, and it entertains me to no end. Oh, he's a very entertaining player when he's got it going on, and he's in a hot streak right now. Yeah, 51. It's, you guys are going to crack on me? Well, check out these next two games. See what you think of them. I never thought I would say this, but Lillard has picked up where T.J. Warren left off. <laughs> There's a phrase no one thought they'd be saying, right? All right, DJ and PK, that's a little bit of what we've been talking about this morning. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Chief Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Time now to welcome in Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network Analyst, to talk a little college football. Yogi, good morning. Yes, the sun did come up today, fellas. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> just barely. Feel like, yeah, okay. I feel like I'm in Alaska in the winter. Just barely peaked, and now it's gone again. Yeah, yeah. How are you guys doing? Yeah, Yogi, I mean, come on now. I mean, you are the most optimistic. You're also the most knowledgeable Pac-12 guy that I know, and you're certainly the most optimistic. Uh, So the sun did come up, but spread some sunshine. Give us something here, please. (laughs) Totally. Well, I think this. um, I think it's it's okay to be sad, mad, upset. Um, We all are, and I'll say this for me. Um, The adult in me says, Look, when this happened in March in Las Vegas and throughout spring ball, I talked to a lot of coaches, and they all said the same thing. It'd be really hard to have a season, you know, unless we get a vaccine, unless there's real answers to this thing. Um, and that was then. And, and I understood that. I was like, yeah, okay, I, I get it. And, and I think when I take the emotion out of it as an adult, I'm, I'm not surprised at all by this. Um, now, the child in me, is is bombed because I, I mean I, I used to call my own games in the backyard when I throw myself like diver after diver, you know, and I, I love this craft more than anything other than my family. So I'm I'm bummed on that, and I feel players and, and how upset they are, and fans and how bummed they are. But I think overall, when we step back and look at it, the realities are, are the realities, and the majority of footprints in this conference, coronavirus is not slowing down. Um, and that's that's too bad. So I, I I'm bummed. I, I look forward to like I talked to Commissioner Scott yesterday of when we play again. You know, it's not like it's not going to happen again. It's going to be a rough couple months in that regard because we all are so in tune to having a season. I feel like even like my body is ready for football. Like I work out harder when it's training camp time, and I'm usually visiting teams. But that's just kind of what we got to deal with. And and I think it'll be fun to see how people get creative in this time. You know, around the sport, around the NFL and the draft and maybe a spring season. Um, that'll be fun to see. And uh, I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Okay, so using your analogy, the kid in me is looking forward to a spring season. The adult in me doesn't think that's going to happen. And the people who are talking about all the logistical problems. Is the virus really going to slow down? Are we going to have a vaccine? And if we do, will we have it in an amount to you know, inoculate 300 million plus people? Um, and the wear and tear on people's bodies, uh, that's not going to happen. I mean, we're probably going to sit here and talk about it happening for six months. But as I sit here right now, if you said, you know, for 20 bucks, call your shot. I would not put my 20 bucks on yes because I'm afraid I'd yeah. wave it goodbye. <laughs> well, I would put season in air quotes, right? And 
and I don't think it's going to be 12 games. I don't know if it'll be 10 games. It might be five games. It might be six games. But I think there's going to be something. I really do. Um, I think that, uh, you know, you can look at the, you know, and I think a lot, to your point, will change over the course of the next couple of months. Like, fiscally, like what happens with the schools? Like, do they get a loan that was reported? Like, how do schools deal with this and manage this? I mean, this is not easy for uh, for the business of college athletics. And, and I get that the business may change based on coronavirus, too, but current reality is no college football is not great for any athletic department um so I, i'd be curious you know and, and what if it was that what if instead of spring ball you have five week season or six week season you know, a lot of these teams now take six to seven weeks to handle spring ball right and maybe maybe they do that maybe we see more young guys play maybe we see some guys opt out because the nfl i don't, I don't know but uh, you know the, the, the words of the year fluid and flexible Right, regarding college football as of now, and, and I'm going to stay that way. You know, I, I don't think that it's going to be a full year, but I'm not uh, I'm not ready to, to give up on that bet. So I'll throw down twenty bucks against you, man, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yogi, I like your analogy of the kid in you because I differentiate pro sports from colleges, and even though it's somewhat blurred for sure in college's big business you know you look at the pros and exclusively did you win or did you lose you know whereas in college when you talk about the the kid in you it 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 takes you back i mean i'm a sun devil man as the as the line (laughs) goes in the the movie and it takes me back to when i was walking the campus and i was a fool going nuts January 1, 1987, the only time they won the Rose Bowl. And I cried my eyes out 10 years later when those, I can't say the word that I want to use, the adjective to describe Ohio State. You can imagine when uh, they scored at the end and beat the Devils in that dream season with Jake Plummer uh, went away. So that's what makes it so painful because it's your school. And you can be 20 years old and it's your school and you could be 60 years old, and it's your school. So there is a lot of kid in us when it comes to college sports, no matter how old you are. And, yeah, you talk about, and I appreciate you trying to find a silver lining, but, man, you talk about how you, get, you, you work out harder. You're going you're gonna to be in the best condition of your life come September then, right? <laughs> That's what I told my wife last night. I said, man, look out. <laughs> I'm going get after it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, and, and I love that. That's the essence of college football. I mean, when I hear the players talk about, you know, whether it's uh, how upset they are or the We Are United movement, like the form of, the, of all that stuff is one conversation. The essence of it is the same, which is guys love the game. I mean, I, I told my wife last night, I said, I, I don't think that we've really talked about my love for college football. Like, if I don't play ball, I don't go to college. Right? Like, I've been around this game for, this has been my 20th season, you know, in a row. You know, like, I, 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 this is the fabric of my life. And, and it is, uh, I mean, I slept with the football from eighth grade until my senior year in college. How pathetic is that? Like, you know, but it's true. You know, I've, I've loved it more than anything until I met her and had a family and kids and, and all that stuff. But it is, just, it's an, second position you know behind that so it, it is hard and and i understand that and it should be and anything worth a damn it is hard because you love it and if you love something like i've told players for 20 years if you love it you do anything to protect it and that's what we're seeing right now so i think there's so much emotion involved right there's so many people upset or 
you know, I have all these dramatic hot takes that I'm just like, you know what? It, it, I, I'm going to see through some of that and just go right to the essence and the core of it, which is you're really hurting because this game is not going to be able to be what you thought it was for the next couple of weeks, let alone the next couple months. And, you know, now the, the wind is out of the optimism regarding, you know, the season occurring when we thought it would be and training camp starting next week and all those things. So that's okay. And I think uh, that's off the top. I got no, no problem with that. And I do think though, when the dust settles, people sit back and I believe this very strongly. We're going to look at the PAC 12 conference and the decision that was made. And it was, I think it's the right decision. You know, I think when you look at it, it's not like this, this is Larry Scott's decision. It's not like any coach or AD said, Let's go do this. Not like anybody who loves football every day and it's their, their life said it. It was the presidents because they listened to the advice of people that come out of Utah, Stanford, UCLA Medical, UW, like all these magical, brilliant schools, best schools in the country, best conference in the country academically by far. And then, oh, by the way, Michigan, Ohio State, Northwestern, some of the other top educational institutions agreed with it. So that, that's where my head goes of – you know what, I think when we look back, it was the right move to protect the student-athletes from something we just don't know enough about yet. Just for the record, uh, I was with you on diving in the backyard for the football while calling the games, but uh, sleeping with a football in high school and college, nope, that's where we, that's where we part, that's where we go our separate ways. <laughs> you got to catch him. I would catch a 1,000 a night in the dark. I am curious what you think of the Big 12 and the SEC and the ACC. Are they being more patient, but they, are they going to end up making the same decision in you know a couple of days, a couple of weeks, whatever the timeline is? Or do you think you, PK, me, we're all going to be sitting there watching SEC football this year and uh, watching it every Saturday? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I talked to somebody yesterday that you know called up an SEC medical personnel and said, you know, what is up with this report that you guys don't see it um, like, like we see it? Like, well, really, what do you see? And they said, uh, that's how we see it today. You know, kind of like, hey, relax. Like, um, yeah, I know how this is coming across, but we're just kind of being a little bit more patient. But um, I-, I would anticipate everybody doing the same thing. Now, if they don't, then I wish them luck. I, I mean, I don't want to, I do not want to play the I told you so game. Right? Like, I don't want a player to, God forbid, uh, have something happen to him. Or, God forbid, Nick Saban or an older coach in one of those respective conferences, you know, get sick and end up in ICU with, with lung issues or heart issues. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. So if they do play, like, okay, they rolled the dice in that regard. And that is a, that is a role that the 12 president CEOs in this conference weren't cool with based on the medical information. So... If it happens, it happens. Um, I hope it. I hope it doesn't, because what, I, what the biggest frustration I have right now, um, really collectively in the country, is that like, man, no matter where we turn, we divide, you know. And and what I love, and and I'm sure you guys do too, about football is that it's the purest. No offense, to other sports. It's the purest team sport in the world. It's the only team sport I believe where every snap, every position, you got to count on everybody. And right now. You know, we hear all, you know, since March, every conference commissioner is on the phone every day. Every conference is on the same page. And then what happens with basketball? They were supposed to announce it at the same time. And what everybody do? They, what's best for me? Let me announce it first. No, let me announce it second. Let me announce it. Right? There's no unity. 
same thing with this. And, and I understand differences and the, the regions, et cetera, but um, it's not as though like there aren't hot spots in every one of those respective uh, uh, footprints, you know, in each respective conference. So that, that is the frustrating, most frustrating part for me. Uh, I believe in the fact that there should be um, joint leadership in terms of is there a college football office that oversees all things college football? I'd love to see that happen. I'd be, I'd, 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 I'd say invite me. I'd come for free. Let me be a part of that conversation because it's, it's, a, it's too bad right now because now it's just going to trickle down like everything does, right? Recruiting, our staff versus your staff, our footprint. We love football more. We don't. Our medical department versus yours. And I, I still think in, until we say you're a pro, which we're not, you know, that's not the case today, it's still the job of starting with coaches up to ADs, up to presidents, up to conferences, up to the CEO group to do what's in the best interest of student-athletes, not what's in the best interest of fans and what your community wants and your crazed fan base wants. And I don't, I feel like the lines have been blurred in that regard. And I don't want to put those words in any president's mouth at any other institution, but that, that's at least what's, what the narrative is right now. And uh, I'm bummed on that, man. I want college football to be, be connected. And I want that to be a part of this country's healing process on a bunch of levels and, It'd be cool if uh, at some point in my career that, that's the case. If these other conferences somehow do manage to pull it off, do you see as that being detrimental to the Pac-12? Uh, I don't know. I mean, is it detrimental that the Pac-12 said we're going to put health in front of everything else and what we know from our institutions in front of everybody else? I don't think that's detrimental. Um, I think the narrative of like, well, the playoff happened again or there's a college football season and the Pac-12 isn't a part of it, yeah, that's not going to be great. Um, but I also look at uh, the brands of Utah and Stanford and Oregon and SC and UW and Cal, like, and I believe this, the longer none of those teams get an L, the stronger their brands become. SC, or SC and Oregon, two of the top five recruiting classes in the country right now. Those guys ain't slowing down in regards to recruiting. You know, nobody could tell you even what Stanford went last year. Nobody would say, yeah, they're four and eight. Like, their brand is rolling in recruiting. Like, so I think that there's there's a bunch of different angles on that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, if one, if some team plays and, and another team doesn't, the team that plays, and they get a lot more love and a lot more shine. But I don't think it's detrimental based on why the decision was made. You know, this is one that made on a hunch. And that's why I love that even the Pac-12 put out all those documents yesterday. Like, go read them. You know, like, here's the deal. This is what they believe in with Corona. When I talked to coaches in the NFL last night, and I was just like, hey, what, what's it like with you guys in testing? And they're like, man, it's so intense. Like, there's no chance college could do what we did. Just based on, I mean, every day, the amount of money. They own a testing, uh, uh, whatever, testing lab. Like, you could say, well, why can't college have that with all the money? Well, there isn't as much money, I think, as people think in college football, number one. And number two, like, that, there isn't an overarching body to, to make that happen for college football. And that, that, I think, is a glaring issue with what, what we're dealing with right now. Well, Yogi, I think uh, America has to follow your lead. Go to the backyard, throw passes to yourself, make diving catches, and uh, call the games yourself. Because you can do that socially distanced. 
<laughs> I tell you what, it's still one of the most fun times I've ever had in my life. And you just launch it. How, how far can you go get it? So I'll, I'm going to do that on the beach. I'm going to take our five-year-old. We're just going to play diver every Saturday. Pretend like we're in Rice Eccles. Maybe we throw up some film on uh, Instagram or something. See what we can there do. Go. I like it. Uh, which beach? Uh, Venice. 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 Follow him on Instagram. You'd know. He's at Venice Beach all the time, man. There it is. <laughs> Yogi, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Anytime. I, and, and I hope we can talk as uh, as the months of the season go on. It, it'd be fun even for my own mental psyche to stay connected to you guys. Okay. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep that in mind. You'll, you'll hear from us. All right, brother. Thank you, Yogi. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network Analyst. Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your feedback coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Time for your feedback brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $359 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Uh, we're going to give uh, the first word to uh, longtime listener Greg from Provo. That'd be Greg Rubel. Uh, he had a tweet out. He got something on a feed coming out of North Alabama. Uh, they're one of the BYU opponents this year. The Big South. Conference delays the fall season and targets spring. North Alabama is part of the Big South, but North Alabama says it's going to try and play four games in the fall, and one of them is BYU. So, yeah, I think that's Greg from Alpine, though. Oh, Greg from Alpine, not from Provo. Uh, the more traditional uh, Cedar Hill, Hills, technically, but Cedar Hills. Okay, there it is. Now we're down and down. Um, A lot of reaction today from Ute fans. What do you think uh, of the? Um, what, what do you think now that the Pac-12 season is done? How do you feel? And uh, Kevin says, "I'm feeling down. No apparent momentum going into the playoffs." A Ute fan who's completely focused on the Jazz, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I don't know what he means by that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Ben says, taking this more seriously would not have changed anything. The whole plan was to flatten the curve. No one expected total elimination of the disease, which appears to be the Pac-12 acquiring to play. This is a Pac-12 political problem, not a societal problem. So is it a problem for the Big Ten then, too? Do we blame the Mountain West, or do we just say they didn't have enough money? Well, I think the Pac-12 tends to follow what the Big Ten does, so that was yeah. no surprise. They go hand That's in why hand. I told you yesterday that the coach, the coaches knew full well what was coming. Yeah. That announcement yesterday was not a surprise to them. They knew ahead of time. That's what so, I had. Been so told. when you listen to Yogi and the medical people from the Pac-12, some medical person talked to some medical person from the SEC. This is what we think now. Is that code for we're shutting it down in a couple days or a couple weeks? Because that's how I took it. I don't know that. I, I can't say with any form of even remotely certainty. I, I, I don't. I just can't answer that. I can guess, but I don't really have a feel for that. Well, I guess that would just be me gut instinct. I don't have any more info than you have. I just okay. I heard what you fine. heard, but the gut instinct yeah, when fine. I heard that was, oh, the SEC is going to call this off in a little while. And I got to think that if the SEC goes, I, then the Big yeah, Twelve and the ACC go right behind him. Well, yeah, then you end up with, uh, just, you know, it's not really uh, a season, I guess. I mean, well, I mean, if you're only yeah, playing conference games and your conference is the only one playing, you get all the attention. 
But that might be more risk than anybody wants to stomach. Yeah, but I don't think people would view that as and and, it'd be, and you'd have a a, a conference season right under that circumstance. Yeah. But I just don't see where any form of a playoff would be any form of legitimacy. All right, we're out of time. Scotty and Hans are coming up next. We'll see you.